love hitting the highway? It's time now for Road Trips Australia with The Dark. Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks. There's a Top Parks holiday for every family budget. Plus, become a Top Parks G'day Rewards member and save even more. Visit topparks.com.au. G'day and welcome to the very first edition of Road Trips Australia, a new podcast by Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks. Now, as listeners of the Camping and Off-Road Radio Show now uh, have known for a long time, I have been travelling the country and encouraging people on the radio to get out there and see Australia. Dirt tracks, off-road camping locations, beach and bush spots. From the outback to the coast, we have tried to cover it all. Now, with tens of thousands of caravans and motorhomes on Australian roads, we thought it was time to put together a podcast that focuses on road travel. But not everyone owns a caravan, a camper trailer, a tent, a swag or even a four-wheel drive. But I do believe that no matter what you drive or how you accommodate yourself, Everybody loves a road trip. I mean, how good are they? Road Trips Australia is for everybody. Each week, I'll be joined by experts with loads of experience in road travel, destinations and caravan park accommodation with a detailed look at iconic Australian road trips, as well as some of those road trips that you may not even have thought of. We, look, we'll go into detail with the attractions along the way, the must-do stop-offs, tips and information as well. We'll also put the spotlight on caravan parks located either during the road trip or at the final destination. The facilities, the services that you can expect, the accommodation options from caravan and camping sites to those on-site cabins and a whole lot more. Regular contributors will include Great Divide Tours owner and operator Vic Widman, who has probably clocked up more miles around this country than just about anybody. Uh, Michelle Hanson will also join us from Top Parks, who will tell us about the experience of staying in a top caravan park or, that, well, like I say, is on our weekly road trip. Michelle's experience is only matched by her passion for looking after the Australian road traveller. She certainly does know her stuff there. Other guests who will join us from time to time are Australian traveller Mal Leyland and country music star Adam Harvey, who have both travelled Australia extensively, albeit for different reasons. So if you love heading off in in your motorhome, you love caravanning, you love camping, this podcast is for you. You certainly will love it as well. You can be a part of it. All you need to do is send me an email, and you can do that by going to bluecollarmedia.com.au and clicking on the contact button, bluecollarmedia.com.au, and click on contact. Certainly do love the feedback there. Now, as I mentioned, Adam Harvey will be joining us from time to time, so I thought, why not let's, let's kick things off with a song that he wrote for all of you. That's right, all you Aussie road travellers. The song's called Highway Number One. Stick around. This is Road Trips Australia. Highway number one goes on forever. Once you hit the road, it never ends. Just ask anyone who's ever been there. You go around once and you'll go around again. Don't go looking in the rearview mirror Thinking about the things you haven't done Caravan, camper van, get there any way you can I'll see you out on highway number one It starts off with a strange uneasy feeling You're doing things outside the old routine 
instead of reading better homes and gardens you're getting lost in travel magazines well, then one day you wake up humming on the road again that's when you know it's time to go highway number one goes on forever once you hit the road it never ends just ask anyone who's ever been there you go around once and you go around again don't go looking in the rearview mirror thinking about the things you haven't done caravan caravan get there any way you can i'll see you out on highway number one Song of freedom Looking through your windscreen At the world Oh, every night There's new stars on the ceiling And a big backyard To greet at every turn Next thing you're thinking As you face a road ahead I wish I'd known Years ago Savannah Way, Great Northern, Northwest Now you're in WA, head down the south The west and then the south coast in the air Oh, 15,000 K's all up and hey You're still out there Highway number one goes on forever Once you hit the road, it never ends Just ask anyone who's ever been there You go around once and you go around again don't go looking in the rearview mirror Thinking about the things you haven't done Caravan, camper van, get there any way you can I'll see you out on highway number one North, south, east, west, on the road with no address When you're out on highway number one Oh, how good is that song from Adam Harvey? And you've only got to listen to the lyrics in that song and you can tell he wrote that song for us. That is for sure. It's an absolute beauty. Highway number one. And it's part of a title track of a new album that Adam has coming out later in the year. And I've heard a couple of songs off the uh, album. And I'm, I'm telling you now, you're in for a real treat there. So for you people that are out there, uh, who, who will be out there, because at the moment we're all staying home, but who will be out there towing those caravans and driving those motorhomes, motor, motor you need to be playing these songs from Adam Harvey's new album that'll be out later in the year. That is a title track. Uh, it's an absolute ripper, and like I say, he has written that song just for us. And in the meantime, it's time to head off on our first road trip, the Great Ocean Road, with our mate, Vic Widman. And the Great Ocean Road is one of the most popular road trips you'll do in Australia. Plenty of people do it, plenty of caravaners get down there, people with motorhomes, people just who just travel in the car. 
It is an absolute ripper. Now, I mentioned earlier that uh, that is the uh, road trip we'll talk about this week. And I also mentioned that we've got a regular guest who will be joining me on this podcast every week. Now, listeners to the Camping and Off-Road Radio Show will be no stranger to this bloke. He joins me every week on the uh, on the radio. And I've got to say, nobody knows his way around Australia better than this bloke. He's been doing it for over 30 years, travelling Australia on and off-road. Certainly done plenty of road trips, clocked up a lot of Ks. <laughs> that man is the owner and operator of Great Divide Tours. His name's Vic Widman. He's on the line. Victor, welcome to the first edition of Road Trips well, Australia. Mate, mate, number one, inaugural, you know, um, yeah, first across the line. Here we are. Yeah, today. yeah, you're on it, Vic. You're the man, and uh, and for very good reason, because, you know, apart from the fact oh, that you are the uh, number one tag-along tour company in Australia, uh, you also, you know, run the number one driver training centre for four-wheel driving. But, mate, you've done a lot of miles around Australia, haven't you, mate? Like you've done oh, wow. How many Ks do you reckon you've done, Vic? <laughs> Apart from oh, – and this is before geez. you started doing that tour of when you were doing the comedy, you know? The, yeah. Um... <laughs> well, look, you know, I, you know, a little bit of history, Duck. You know, I mean, I started the business Great Divide Tours in 1990, which is 31 years ago. But, look, right from the moment that I got my licence and bought the first little Mori 1100, my very first outing in my Morris 1100 was to do a drive from Sydney up to Cairns. Um, I do recall I got as far as about Maxwell when the when the uh, the motor blew up, and I had to you know the drag will come back, and I think it was using more oil than petrol on the way back home. And in fact, I have grand memories of pulling into the old service station at Wyong, and um, and I said, look, she's running a bit rough. And uh, there was smoke pouring out the exhaust and the mechanic came out and he pulled one of the spark plugs out because cars had spark plugs in those days and he turned it over and, and a shot of oil came out of the out of the cylinder head, out of the porthole where the where the plug would have been and went right down the front of his garage, you know, right up high at, at head height and he said, Geez, I'm glad I ducked that. So look yeah, look, I've been driving um, and travelling since I was Virtually 17 years old, mate. Mm. Was that the old Kangiangi Roadhouse? Was that the one you're talking that, about there at Wyong? That, that, that'd be the one. Yeah, yep. the old yep. Kangiangi Roadhouse. That was the guy. a pretty popular spot for the truckies too in the day. Yeah, well, well that's I put the oil streak down the front of it, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. And anyway, I don't think it's there anymore. It's probably been knocked down and obviously the freeway oh. goes past there, so although the, yeah. road, the highway's still there, but... But Vic, you have done plenty, plenty of road trips. You've done plenty of Ks. In fact, thousands of kilometres around Australia. You couldn't put a figure on it. Um, so it's good to have you as part of this um, new concept, which is the new podcast, which is Road Trips Australia. By the way, it'll, it will. There are plans for it to be a lot more than just a podcast, but we'll kick things off anyway as a podcast. But Vic, I thought we'd kick off this week with one that's probably fairly obvious, and it's an easy one. Or well, it depends on who you talk to, but the Great yeah. Ocean Road. I mean, the Great Ocean Road is oh, one of the – it would have to be one of the most iconic road trips you'll do in Australia. Well, mate, look, I, you know, when we when you talk to me about this and you're going to do this great this great idea of this podcast and that and of great road trips, uh, look, Great Ocean Road, it's, it's got to be number one. In reality, it's got to be number one at the top of the list and – I've driven it a couple of times. Look, you know, apart from the full driving, I've, I've had different vehicles over my time and been car clubs. I've become a, a, they made me a life member of the mini car club. 
Um, and I'd, I'd led a number of, uh, of car club trips down along the Great Ocean Road. And look, for, for any modern person now, you know, modern day traveller, the Great Ocean Road is, is it's just home for people who, who are in car clubs. Just about every car club that's ever existed in Australia would do a trip along the Great Ocean Road at some stage. Uh, really, every grey nomad, as you as you say, anyone that's towing a, a, a caravan, a camper trailer, anyone that's driving a mobile home, is going to end up doing the Great Ocean Road because it's just got that attraction about it. And when you look at it, when you start to research, you know, and I've driven it a few times and seen a hell of a lot of it, but when you start to look into it, boy, oh boy, I tell you what, Jesus, tick some boxes, duck. Mm, and very scenic. Very, it's one of those real scenic drives. It's just amazing. But like you say, there is plenty to do along the way, and you can you can really take your time in doing it. A lot of people I've known people and uh, you know blokes I know who who were just getting into this and bought themselves you know a jeep and a caravan, and they weren't too interested in doing the off road stuff. But the first trip they yep. did was the Great Ocean Road, and then you talk to people and they say. Oh, you know, I want to buy a caravan and I want to... I, I mean, you know, you think about it. Like, I want to buy a caravan. I want to go and do the Great Ocean Road. I want to go and do the big lap around Australia. It's like when people get into four-wheel driving, they say, I want to go up and do the, the old telly track. And, and go I, and do I, Cape York. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like the opposite end. It's like the people who want to get out there in caravans and motorhomes, it's either yeah. I want to go and do that big lap or like, I just can't wait to go and do the Great Ocean Road. Well, look, mate, you know, um, I, I talked about the, it ticks all the boxes and the... The really interesting thing is just to delve into the history of the of the road itself. In fact, it it was constructed over a number of years between 1919 and 1932. In fact, and in fact, it was constructed by returned soldiers from World War One. So these these blokes had come back from fighting in the trenches, and a lot of them didn't have work and, and etc. And they were a bit lost as to what to do. So the government employed over a thousand of them to build this road. In fact, the Great Ocean Road is the largest world, uh, world's largest war memorial, right? Because the, the whole of the length of the road, 200 odd kilometres, is actually a, a war memorial to the lost soldiers of World War One. So that's the that's the first thing. And look, you know, I've just got to, you know, maybe just check out sort of here, mate. If anyone's not sure where the Great Ocean Road is, we're talking down in Victoria, it's southwest uh, of Geelong. Uh, it's only like two hours' drive out of Melbourne, you know, and it runs down along that bottom uh, of the of Victoria, uh, passing along the, the most southern part of Victoria, which is the fantastic Cape Cape Otway. And um, so these these World War One soldiers built this thing by hand. I mean, there, was, there wasn't a lot of machinery around in 1919. Mm. And a lot of it was just done with pick and shovel and a, and a bit of gelignite. And I was reading where, where they used to carry the detonators on their lap on, on, on the carriages. And when it, we're talking horse-drawn carriages and things, mm. you know, that they used to take out there. When they first built the road, it was barely a one vehicle width wide. And, and at places, it does perch on the edge of a cliff looking straight down into the ocean. So it wasn't a drive or a ride or a carriage ride for the faint-hearted. And in fact, the road itself now, like you said, it still maintains that fantastic scenery as it twists and winds around the cliffs up above the ocean and then it darts inland into some of the rainforest of the Great Otway National Park. 
Um, and every turn, it's a, another great view. Of course, today the road is is far better. It's a two lane bitumen road each way, and you you can tow your caravan through there. It's a, the kind of road you don't rush. It's a very very winding and very very scenic road. But if we if we can go back a little bit further into the in a bit of the history of that coastline, it's called the Surf Coast, and then it's called the Shipwreck Coast. Now, first of all, the Surf Coast. We all have heard of Bell's Beach, of course, the mm. famous Bell's Beach, and they they hold a you know the surfing championship there every year, and uh, and that's just out of Torquay, which is the start of the Great Ocean Road, and of course down at Torquay itself, it's got all the major. Um, surfwear manufacturers that are down there. It's got Surf World and all that, which is a history museum to surfing in Australia. And Bell's Beach is, you know, 10 minutes away. Um, but then the Shipwreck Coast, which is right around that Cape Otway area, mate, there's, there's like been over a dozen boats have been shipwrecked down there in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. It was a real dangerous part for the, the big luggers coming around, coming out of England. And in fact, they, they used to say that the very first thing they ever saw of Australia, once they left England, right, and the very first land they ever saw was the, the, the headland of Cape Otway, which led to the construction, of course, of the, it was actually the second lighthouse to be constructed in Australia, but the Cape Otway lighthouse, which was decommissioned in 1994, was constructed in 1848. So it was the longest running lighthouse in, in Australia. So look, there we go. We can tick another of the best uh, and the longest on this one road. So they built this lighthouse, um, you know, to, to help the navigate, to help the uh, the sailors navigate their way around that very rugged coast. Now that in itself leads to a bit more of the history, which is something that you spot and view when you go along there. When you go along the coast, there's a, a place called the Lockhart Gorge. Now the Lockhart was actually a boat which came out of out of England, and it was uh, shipwrecked. It was in a in a heavy fog, and they weren't quite aware of how close they were to the the coastline itself. They couldn't see the lighthouse, etc. The uh, it was on the um, uh, I'll just look it up here. The first of June it was. Mate, I'm going to get the date right, so someone will pick us up on it. The first of June <laughs> in 1878. When the poor old Lockhart hit a reef just off the, the coast there of the what we call now the Great Ocean Road. And mate, it sank within ten to fifteen minutes. There were something like fifty four people on board that boat and only two survived. Yeah, now, that's, that story that's unbelievable. itself. Yeah, look that story that story of those two survivors is, is absolutely amazing. And in fact when you drive around the Lockhart sorry, around the Great Ocean Road and you go for a walk down into that gorge called the Lockhart Gorge, there are all the, 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 you know, the information boards that tell you about the story of the shipwreck. But it, the first guy who got washed up was a guy called Tom Pierce. He got washed up in that bay. So you've got you know, surrounding sandstone cliffs with a very small entrance out from the, the, the Great Southern Ocean where the boat had sunk. He got washed in there and came up on this tiny little beach, one of the very few beaches that is actually along that section of the Great Ocean Road. And he heard the, the cries of a, of a young lady called Eva Carmichael. She was hanging onto a little bit of debris of the boat floating around out in this bay. So this, this young fellow, he's only about 17, he swam back out and rescued Eva. Now, look, you'd think this would make a fantastic story and a fantastic love story. I hate to say that, that after they, they got rescued and 
then they had to climb up the cliff and they walked across the paddock and they eventually found a farmhouse. And that was the last that Tom ever saw of Eva because Eva was thrown on the next boat back home to England. She'd had enough. <laughs> she was out of there. <laughs> you say when, it was, when the road was built, do you know how long it took to build the road? Look, yeah, mate. Look, they started it in, in uh, 19, uh, 1919. Um, they opened the first section three years later, which was only about 10 kilometres long. Mm. But straight after they opened it, they closed it again so they could do more work on it. And it opened up about six months later. That was only the first few kilometres. Oh, well, mate, the the, these days of all the machinery we have, mate, that, and the way, I mean, it'd be, well, it, it wouldn't take they'd much, still it'd be, be much building quicker. It these days. Oh, mate, absolutely. So on the but road, that, you're going, sorry. I was going to say that they finally finished the road all the way through, 200-odd kilometres of it, in 1932. All right, so we're talking like the Depression years and everything. Yeah, it's incredible, mate. It really is. So today, to, to, to do that, you know, to take that road, I mean, there are pl- there's plenty to do, plenty to stop, plenty to look at, um, yeah. plenty yeah. of places to stop. Take in that history, and that's where we're lucky in Australia because if, even though it, we, it, the history is fairly recent, I mean, you talk about that lighthouse closing in the 90s. That's not that long yeah. ago, really, when you think about it. No, no. You know, no, it's, no it's incredible. Right. So some of the highlights, Vic, I mean, we, we go, you, you go along there, the, some of the must-dos, where should you stop? And uh, and well, have a look and get that photograph and and take it all in. Yeah, look, there, there's 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 a lot of places you can stop all the way along there. They've been very good. The Victorian government they've made it that you can pull over the side of the road because there are so many great lookouts. There's numerous numerous lookouts as you wind around the road because at times you're up really high and you look down on the various beaches and bays, and other times you're right down at the water's edge and all the lovely little towns. You know, once you get out of Torquay, you're down, down through Anglesey, and then Lawn. I mean, look, you, you, you've got to spend some time in Lawn itself. And, you know, I know we're, we're still in this terrible period with the coronavirus and all that, but when all this lifts and goes away, you know, the, the little cafes that are down along the, the water's edge at Lawn are absolutely spectacular. We, um, when I ran one of the car clubs, the mini car club drive through there, we stayed in a beautiful place that was up on high up on the hill, and each of the rooms... You know, floor to ceiling uh, windows looking straight down out out to the to the ocean. We saw a whale, so at the right time of the year, you know, anywhere along there, you'll see the southern right whales going past. Um, the 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 big attraction I think is when you get around near Apollo Bay and then and then towards Port Campbell is the sandstone, the shipwreck coast, as they call it. That it used to be known as the Twelve Apostles, which mm. were Sandstone monoliths, which are still standing out in the in the water where the you know the mainland's been eroded away, mate. There's only six of them left now, yeah. so they still call it the Twelve Apostles. And there's a, a great big visitor centre there, an excellent visitor centre there, uh, explaining all the history of the area and the ge- geographical history, as well as the you know our European history and the Aboriginal history of the area. Um, and from there, you can walk under the main road. There's an underpass you walk under. And then you go down the, the, the 89 steps or whatever it is, Gibson steps, as you walk all the way down to the beach that is in, in one of the gorges there at, at the, the Twelve Apostles. And, of course, one of the, the favourite things to do is to go back there at, at sunrise or sunset and get the photos. And if you get the light right and the sun right, the Twelve Apostles or the six now, mm. you know, which are still standing a good 30, 40 metres out of the water, they just look spectacular. The um, 
The other, the other couple of attractions, uh, of course, the Lockhart Gorge we mentioned. You can actually walk right down into that, onto that beach where poor old Tom ended up swimming out to, um, and see, you know, read about the history of the Lockhart. And um, and Childers Cove is one that not a lot of people visit, but it is absolutely stunning. And there's another one called the Grotto, which is a again that looks down through a cutting in the sandstone out to the ocean. Oh, mate, it, it is absolutely spectacular for sure. But <laughs> delve a little bit deeper, and on top of that, we've got another, you know, the best in the world, would you believe, at a place called the Otway Fly Treetop Walk, right? So this is in inland a little bit, not far inland, 10-minute drive inland to, a, to this um, adventure park, and they've got the longest and the tallest treetop canopy walkway in the world. Have you ever done that, Vic? Have you ever done one of those treetop walks? Or have I have, mate. Not yeah. this particular one. It mm. wasn't there when I went through. But I've done I've done the, the Tahune walk one, which is in Tasmania, mm. which is they're spectacular, mate. I mean, you get up on these these treetop walks which are made out of wire rope and, and wire planking, and they put them up at, you know, 60, 70 foot off the ground mm. and you walk through the treetops and, you know, you just get a completely different perspective on the land and on the forest. But I couldn't believe when I read that this is the, the longest and the tallest in the world. Incredible. So, you know, we, don't, we don't understand what we've got in Australia here. Yeah, you know, we've, we've got the longest war memorial, mm. the Great Ocean Road. We've got the longest treetop walk down there. We've got the, the oldest um, lighthouse, you know, the running lighthouse down there. Uh, when we did the drive out to the lighthouse um, on Cape Otway Range, lo and behold, you know, Julie, my wife, said to me, look in that tree, there's a koala. Now, when, how many times have you seen a koala in the wild, mate? Mm. Probably never. Mm. Right? I mean, they're not the easiest things to see. We saw about a dozen of them on the road from the Great Ocean Road out to the lighthouse in the trees as we were driving along. Yeah, it's amazing. You know? It really is amazing. And, and what about, like, the, like you just mentioned, the little cafes and things, what about little country pubs and things like that? Yeah, look, each of the little towns, Apollo Bay, Lawn, Port Campbell, and then, of course, fantastic Warrnambool, and, and what they call the end of the Great Ocean Road, it's a beautiful place uh, on, the, on the water there, Port Ferry. They've all got great pubs, great places to eat, there are, there are some great caravan parks. Top Parks have got one at Apollo Bay, the Apollo Bay Holiday Park. Mm. Uh, they've got one near Port Campbell called the Great Ocean Road Tourist Park. And then Port Ferry itself has got the Port Ferry Holiday Park. They're all top parks. Mm. Yeah, we'll be talking to Michelle Hanson uh, very soon about the parks down there, and we'll focus on a couple of those uh, caravan parks that are uh, along there and it's amazing really I mean it's one of those trips and you say it's 200 kilometres yep. how long How long would you take oh, to do well. that would you, would you take it all in and try and spend a couple of days oh look yeah mate yeah look, look you know the, the car clubs and the car enthusiasts who enjoy the windy bits of road you know they'll, they'll zip through there in one morning you know, I mean, mm. it's the kind of road you can do it in half a day, but you don't see anything. Mm. You know, you really need at least two days, I reckon three or four. You need to stop in, you know, in some of the top parks and um, and just spend a few days because you can go inland into the Great Otway National Park mm. and there's all these beautiful picnic areas and waterfalls as well. Mm. So, look, you know, you could easily spend four or five days just doing that couple hundred K visiting places 
the thing I haven't done yet, mate, which I really want to do, is that at the Twelve Apostles Visitor Centre, that they've got the helicopter flights where you can do the helicopter flight out over the, the, the Twelve Apostles yeah, and all that. Right. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd, oh, that'd be good, mate. Mate, I love helicopters. Everywhere I go, if there's a helicopter, I go and lay on, hang on to the blade. Goes, I say, a lighter up, Captain. And he says, get off there, you idiot. Yeah, no, no, Vic. Now, look, no, you should know before this, and for people who haven't heard you before, which I'm tipping everyone right. listening to this would have, I'm in charge of the buttons here, Vic. So when you do crack a funny like that, you'll cop this. Uh-oh. Oh. I am in charge no. of <laughs> Not the crickets, mate. Not the crickets. Oh, yeah, no, exactly yeah. right. But, no, you are no, right. Look. It's it's very – it is it is a um, – it is a fantastic part of, of, of Australia. And with with us all at the moment staying home, and we're all, you know, encouraging people to do that, which is quite amazing for blokes like us when we're usually mm. telling everyone to get out there, um, it's going to be – by the time we're allowed out, <laughs> you like that term? When we're, alla- yeah. when we're allowed back out again. Th- <laughs> this area could become fairly popular because it's going to be very hot up north. Oh, look, look, I mean, I was only talking to a, ch- a chap today and, and he was he was trying to encourage me. Because, you know, I mean, you know, like we've had to, you know, wind the business right down because we're all about taking tourists mm. all over the place and in the state, et cetera. So, you know, we've come to a bit of a dead halt. But he's, he's looking at me and he's saying, mate, you are going to take off as soon as this is over. Mm. You know, people are going to be a little bit worried about travelling overseas. Mm. And, um, and they're going to be saying, look, you know what, we just want to travel you know, in Australia. And, and like we've talked before on the, you know, the off-road caravan camping show, whatever you bloody call that thing, um, <laughs> you know, people are going to just want to get away even for the very, very first popular too, Vic, Very popular out. show too, by the way. Oh, it is. What's it called again? <laughs> anyway, keep going. Yeah, yeah, but look, you know, people are going to be very keen to get out and, mm. and start to, 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 you know, get away from home. I mean, boy... You know, I mean, we're all suffering from cabin fever here, and, and you know, you and I are both in, in the same boat. We're stuck at home. The wives are getting, you know, a little bit itchy about us being there. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we all <yeah>. is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what about you being here? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I've got a good bar here down in the shed. Mm. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> but, look, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, there's certainly tourism in Australia, I think, is going to absolutely take off. Yeah. And, and somewhere like the Great Ocean Road is, is, you know, like I said, it's only two hours out of Melbourne. Mm. So, yeah. you know, like the first couple of weekends, you know, you won't be able to move down there if everybody's leaving Melbourne. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, it's but good. it's on it's on the, the Round Australia hit list, as you're saying. Um, mm. it's, it's a place you've got to go to and... Um, you, you've just got to allow yourself a bit of time because there's a lot to see. There's no point rushing it, and the longer you stay there, the more you learn about the place, mm. and the more you will see. Yeah, and, I'm a big uh, fan of taking in the history. That's why I like the ghost towns and and those places. Yeah. And when and even, uh, when we talk about heading up to the the Channel Country and on you know, some of those old properties that are no longer, you know, operating like Old Cork or even now, even in New, Western New South Wales. Uh, what is it, Dunlop Station, is it, next to Tilpa? Yeah. Next to, um, yeah, next Tril- to Trilby, Trilby, Dunlop yeah. Station, Trilby. Yeah, yeah. yeah amazing. Yeah. A lot of history in yeah. places that were once thriving. And, uh, oh, and, yeah. and you take yeah. that history in and when you, and you talk about, I think the people who would have travelled the Great Ocean Road that did not know that road was originally built by returned soldiers from World War One. they just would not know well, that. Well, that's right. Or the fact that that you know mm. part of that coast is called the shipwreck coast because mm. there's been you know like twenty or thirty boats that have floundered and hundreds of people have actually drowned out there. I mean mm. this one that we talked about the Lockhart, you know fifty two out of the fifty four people drowned. 
Mm. You know, like if that happened now, it'd be all over the news. Oh, I'd be everywhere. <laughs> oh, mate, unbelievable. Like you say, um, and you think about the equipment that those blokes would have had building that road. Well, they would have oh, had nothing. Yeah. Well, look, nothing, really, compared to today, they had nothing. There was another amazing story with that Lockhart that, that it had it had a whole lot of really exotic um, furniture on, on the boat being brought out from England, mm. including a grand piano, which, would you believe, got washed up on the beach in, the, in Lockhart itself, in the gorge itself. Uh, but it also had this amazing um, life-size statue of a peacock, which had been made over in Europe, and they were sending it out for an exhibition, a Melbourne exhibition, because it never got there. And what I didn't realise until I delved into the history, that same peacock was put on display in the Victorian Pavilion in World Expo in Brisbane in 1988. Now, why that that adds a little bit, you know, you won't believe this, but, you know, I had another life where I worked for the New South Wales government and I was actually the pavilion manager for the New South Wales Pavilion up at World Expo up Mm. in Brisbane in 88. And and here was this peacock in the in the pavilion, which was adjacent to ours. And people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people went through that expo over the six months of it, and they would have seen this. And um, you know, maybe not realise the significance that that actually was came from a, a boat from England in eighteen forty something, or if it was, and was shipwrecked, and then was found at the bottom of the ocean and brought back up, and it finally got into the into an expo, which is why that that beautiful statue of that peacock had come out you know that, how's that that's amazing you didn't know that did you I, I, you have wrapped yourself before about that job and about your <laughs> position at expo Vic. i have known you for quite a while now as you know i was going to say you were just in awe of her oh of course said, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, i'm still picturing you up in the treetops i mean I mean, we look at the twig blowing along the top of the walkway <laughs> well, i've got, got to hang on tight you know oh, yeah. i'm a very light fellow compared to you oh like, well I'm, mate, let me tell I'm you the dusty out of the slim and dusty out of it you know that yeah no, let me tell you they saw me up there they go hang on is there a zoo around here? <laughs> well, they'd be a little bit worried that the treetop might break open. Oh, they'd be thinking, hey, someone's left the door open <laughs> on the gorilla cage. What's going on up there? <laughs> All right, Vic. Well, that's a good one for our first one. Like I say, I appreciate you being a part of it, of this new concept, Road Trips Australia, the Great Asian Road, and you yeah. are the man. I mean, for a bloke who, um, for a bloke who's as boring as you are. I mean, you've done a lot of more. Thanks, mate. You've done done very, very well. And for anyone who wants to travel with Vic, you can certainly do that. You can just go to his website, 4wd.net.au. Check it out. And, uh, and Vic, you, you run tours all over Australia and, and anybody who, uh, who contacts you uh, via this, you'll certainly will look after them and get them out there. We want to get people travelling Australia and, and Vic, you can do that and get them to go with you with other like-minded people and travel, you know, for safety in numbers, so they say. Oh, that's right, mate. Yeah, look, you know, we go everywhere, Cape York, Arnold the Kimberleys, um, Simpson Desert, um, the Gulf Country, the Gulf Savannah Country, you know, right down through all the Victorian high country, Maralinga in South Australia. Mate, you name it, we'll go there. If you want to go somewhere, I'll take it. You know, and Australia is just fantastic. And, and after what's been happening in the world, mate, boy, we are in the luckiest country in the whole world. No yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, no, absolutely, we certainly are. All right, Vic, thank you for being a part of it. I'll talk to you next week. Um, but thank you for your contribution to our first edition of Road Trips Australia, the great ocean road. Thanks, mate. 
Good on you, mate, and it's been my pleasure, and thank you for the invite to come and have a chat about it. All good, the best, mate. Good on you, mate. And that was Vic Widman. Don't forget, check him out. Great Divide Tours, and he certainly does run the best tag-along business in Australia and has done for well over 30 years and certainly does the best driver training as well uh, with his um, A-grade training centre down there at Braidwood. I've been down there. I've checked it out. It's an absolute ripper. So, uh, But you need to ch- check out Great Divide Tours. If you want to travel Australia once we're allowed out again, and you want to do it with a bit of safety and go out with like-minded people, but you're not sure where, you need to get onto Vic Ridman's, um Great Divide Tours page. Just go to 4wd.net.au, 4wd.net.au. That is the website. Or simply just go onto Google and type in Great Divide Tours. Now, as I mentioned earlier, that this new podcast, Road Trips Australia, is a partnership between Blue Collar Media and, of course, Top Parks. Now, Top Parks have more parks in more places. That's what they say. And they certainly, anyone who's ever stayed in a Top Park, Caravan Park, will certainly know what I'm talking about. They are, they really do look after you. And uh, I've stayed in a couple. And the, the most recent ones, I stayed in the uh, one in Tamworth for the Country Music Festival. And for those regular listeners of the... Uh, the radio program, no. Um, I was down at Ulladulla at Kings Point Retreat, which would have to be one of the best caravan parks I think I've ever stayed in. So uh, if you're looking for somewhere, jump on the Top Parks website and, of course, get onto that G'day Rewards membership. Now, all the parks are closed at the moment, but what we're going to do uh, is encourage you to get out there and travel Australia and for all you caravanners and motorhome goers and, and, like we said earlier, even people with cars that don't have caravans, campers or motorhomes, the, the accommodation options are amazing. The cabins are first rate and uh, they certainly do know how to look after you. Now, as you know, this episode is all about the Great Ocean Road and obviously you will, you will need somewhere to stay down there. Now, Vic Woodman touched on a couple of caravan parks down there um, as part of the top parks chain uh, along the Great Ocean Road in that region, but I thought, let's get the expert on. Now, we are recording this at night, so I'm a little bit worried that Maybe she, I just hope she's sober. Let's find out. Michelle Hanson, how are you going? Well, hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm actually am sober. I've had an afternoon of Zoom meetings, which I'm guessing anybody who's trying to work through COVID-19 knows all about Zoom meetings um, and the people who haven't got to worry about it. Well done. Yeah, well, the Zoom, look, I've got to say, I haven't had a Zoom meeting yet, but I've heard about this Zoom and uh, I mean, I've, I've know about Skype and I know about Google Hangouts, but I've got to tell you, I've never really been familiar with Zoom. So basically, you can just see you just see everybody that's in the meeting. Yeah, you do. We had we actually had one today with the um, Top Park owners and managers, and mm. there was about one hundred and fifty of us on the Zoom meeting this afternoon. So it was good to see everybody that I normally get to get out and actually hang out with. But mm. um, at the moment, I'm virtually hanging out. Yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable. And just just on that, how, I mean, how are these people going? I mean, it's amazing that this the caravan parks have, you know, along with a lot of other businesses, have been affected by what's happening in the world right now. But how are they holding up? Because they they a lot of parks, in particular the ones on the south coast of New South Wales, um, they lost a lot of business over Christmas. And um, and now they've lost their restart. The two biggest times of the year for them. How are they holding up? Um, they're doing okay. The first couple of weeks were really, really tough. Um, government legislation didn't make it easy, and that comes down a lot of it to the fact that the government doesn't understand who we are and what we do and who we service. 
um, especially New South Wales. However, we've got that all changed now and people who live on the road full time, like government statistics say there's 75,000 people in Australia live on the road permanently. Is that right? I did, yeah. I did not know that. 75,000 people... Because I've met people who live on the road, obviously. I mean, yes. we, we travel, and, and I think one of the best, we were, we were, and we'll get to the caravan park on the Great Ocean Road in a tick, but I remember when we were on our way to the Big Red Bash of Birdsville, and we pulled off to the side of the road and just set up camp for the night. And we were there, we had a fire going, there was a few of us, and we'd set up camp, we were cooking a feed, and this big bus pulled up, huge bus. And, and at first I thought, oh, it's a busload of people heading out to the... Uh, to Burrsville to the Big Red Bash, but it turned out it was a it was um, a couple who had been living on the road for twenty three years. They'd actually raised their kids and everything. The kids went with them. They were obviously adults now and 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 were doing their own thing. But they'd lived on the road for twenty three years and and travelled north south, chased the warmer weather, worked while they did it. Uh, old mate was very very handy the the, the, the husband he, he was a mechanic and he'd worked on different properties and did different things and his wife was uh, pretty handy at what she did as well so so there are people who actually do live on the road I've got to say to you Michelle I didn't know there were 75,000 people doing that, that we've now we've the, known an address that's it yeah so and that's the people that um, that we know about. Mm. Like it could be, it could easily be 150,000 people live mm. on the road. So um, it's become very, very popular with young families mm. at the moment as well. Before the kids go to school or in that first couple of years of school, mum and dad take the year off and do the lap. Yeah. And um, I've actually spent a lot of time. There's been this amazing Facebook group created over through the whole corona thing and it's full of full-time travellers. Mm. And I've got, I think I'm up to about 130 or 140 of them, either home um, to, you know, family or that sort of thing or bunkered down in a top park across the country mm. so well, that well, they that, can ride it out. It's amazing. And these people, and the, the, the 75,000 that we do know of, they rely on caravan parks. They don't stay in a caravan park every night, but they do. No. Rely, but they do rely on them. They're, they're they're a safety net. It's where they can pull in and base themselves for a while and take advantage That's of the facility. Yeah, take advantage of the facilities and and be around a bit of civilization and take advantage of what's in town and things like that. It's, it's, so they rely on the parks, and currently the parks are closed. Yeah. So luckily. For those people, um, as I said, especially in New South Wales, we've got that changed where they can stay now in a park until this is all over. Mm. And the other aspect, and a lot of your, our listeners will be like this as well, we have a lot of people that work um, and stay in parks while they're working in areas, mm. whether it be doctors, nurses, you know, Telstra workers, mine workers, yeah. all sorts of people right across the country would much rather stay in a cabin for their week while they're somewhere in a town working than, you know, and have all their own facilities, be able to cook if they want to and have a balcony and mm. all that bits and pieces rather than in, you know, a motel room. Yep. So it, it's an industry that sort of fits every type of market. It doesn't matter who you are. Yep. We've got a park or a facility to suit. Oh, definitely. I know if I was – I know myself if I'm away somewhere where we've – on a bit of a trip, and uh, even if I don't have the van or the camper in tow, I'd much rather spend a few days in a cabin in a caravan park than in a motel room, because you do have, like you say, 
self-contained. They have the, you know, they'll have kitchens in them, things like that, where you can cook your own meals. You've got a bit of space of the balcony, as you mentioned, and you can sit outside and you know and have a beer and take it all in. Uh, and and they're in pretty good. And usually caravan parks are in really good spots too. So. Absolutely, it's, yeah, it's certainly a better a better option. I, I'd much rather do that anyway. So, and one thing we failed to mention too is that a lot of caravan parks do have permanent residents who actually live there full time. Yeah, that's a massive um, a massive part of um, our over fifty five. Mm. Now, it's it's very very popular. And what you'll find in one of my previous jobs, we did a survey. We had in the park there was two hundred residential homes and they are homes like they are full-on amazing homes mm. and of those 200 93 percent of them had holidayed you know, their entire life in caravan park yeah it's amazing so, i actually know a so few now people they get to yeah sorry go on. There. yeah well i yeah, know so a few now people. They get... you go sorry no you're right we keep cutting each other off yeah so what oh, that's what i was just saying you know they've They've found out that that's the lifestyle they want to live, and they've just ended up where they want to be. Yeah, and it's affordable. And I know people who live in actual caravans with a solid annex on the side. And you are right; it's their home. It's, you know, it's it's their home, and and it's, and 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 it's like it's no different to them whether it's a mansion on a hill or it's a caravan in a caravan park. It is their home, and these people need to be taken into account. Anyway, apart from all of that, and and look, we are hoping. That and uh, that uh, you know it won't be too long, but geez, it's been a long couple of weeks, and we're supposed to be into this for what months? Um, it already seems like six months to me, but <laughs> it's like it's well, really I'm, for I'm everybody you, else. <laughs> but in the meantime, we want to talk about you know this 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 podcast is all about um, road trips, and as you know, our radio program we do talk about getting off the grid and and taking all the dirt tracks and the four-wheel drive campsites and all that stuff. But we want to cater for the people that are travelling Australia in motorhomes, caravans, camper vans, as well as people who just want to throw their gear in the boot of the car and go on a road trip and get accommodated in a, in a caravan park that, that, weighs, as, that has, as you say, you know, fantastic cabins. I mean, the cabins that were at the park at Ulladulla a few weeks ago, at, uh, they weren't cabins. I mean, they called them cottages. They were like small houses there at Kings Point Retreat. Amazing, just absolute first class. <laughs> just incredible. I've had, yeah, I've had a lot of people actually say to me, you know, they live in Sydney or Melbourne or, you know, in a, in a capital city and they have, you know, the two-bedroom apartment right in the middle of the city and they go out to these parks and they've got all this space around them mm. and their cabin is twice as big as their apartment at home. Yeah, it's amazing, really. And that's the thing. So with this podcast, we want to... Um, and it'll be a lot more than a podcast too, Michelle. We've got some pretty big plans for this. But it, it's all about road trips, whether it's with a caravan in tow, and we're looking after the grey nomads and, of course, the young families that are doing that, whether it's a camper van, a camper trailer, no matter what it is, but even those people who throw that bag in the back of the car, go on a road trip, pull into a park, enjoy the facilities. That's what it's about. Now, this this week, our first edition, we've been talking about the Great Ocean Road and Vic Widman, who's our guru when it comes to these road trips, mentioned a couple of parks down along the Great Ocean Road. Tell us about the one you want to talk about today. So today I want to talk about Torquay Holiday Park. So it's quite obviously in Torquay and it's sort of that great spot on the Great Ocean Road where you sort of a little bit of there and a little bit of there and here you go, you can have a stop here. So the park is just back off the beach, so it's not right on the beach. We do have a couple on the beach, 
as well. But this one just seems to really suit that um, grey nomad, get out, explore the country. It's got everything you could possibly want all in the space, apart from super service, because they will absolutely treat you like you are the kings and queens of everything. It's got anything you could possibly want. It's got the on-site shop for all your little bits and pieces. It's got the great pool, you know, the... The camp kitchen, all of those things. The camp kitchen down there is amazing. It is such a big space and it just is, as we've talked about many, many times, the hub of the park. And, um, you know, it's got great barbecues in there and there's fridges and microwaves and all that sort of thing. So, you know, you can, you can be in your tent and you're all there. It's got the big screen TV, like it is like a whole wall TV mm. and, you know, you can sit back, watch the footy and anything you want to do. So it's, it's a super, super spot. Yeah, amazing. And, and, and again, uh, that's looking after the people that are camping. You've got um, how, many, how many actual caravan sites do you have there for the people that are towing the caravans? I think there's about 50 powered sites there and they've got about the same amount of cabins as well. So, yeah. um, you know, it's... It goes up. It's got a bit of everything for everybody. Yeah, no, good stuff. But, and what about what the ensuite sites are becoming very popular? Does it have those? It does. Um, okay, I'm not a hundred percent sure if they do. I don't think they do have um, ensuite sites. But yeah, they definitely have a good place, and they've been very popular through this um, corona as well because people can pull up. Mm stay somewhere for the three months that they're going to have to be there and have their own toilet and shower right there. Yeah, exactly right. And that's the, that's, that's the thing. Uh, other facilities, swimming pools, things like that? The swimming pool, mini golf, you know, all your usual yep. jumping pillow, games room, you know, all of that. Tennis courts, cricket net. Cricket net? Cricket net. Oh, you've got to be happy with that. Cricket net. I know. Yep, so you can get out and have a go and, you know, they'll have all your, you know, if you don't have to take your equipment, they'll mm. all have it there. You yep. just borrow it from the office and they'll get you well and truly sorted. So Yep, so, like, so, so like most top parks, it's great for, great for couples but great for families as well. It's very much so and I think that's the thing with top parks is it does suit everybody mm. right across and it's, we see a lot of grandparents going away and, you know, the, their three or four kids go along and bring all the grandkids and they can be in a cabin and Nan and Pop have got their caravan and everybody's just busy and can do whatever they like whenever they want mm. and be close to town and it's, it's a very short walk across to the beach, like it's just sort of you know, two streets. Yep, oh, it's amazing. Across sounds, from the street. Sounds amazing. And, and these are the things that we're missing at the moment, these family gatherings at um, places like, you know, this caravan park you're talking about today because, uh, you know, we're all, we're all staying home. But it's not forever. But, geez, we need to – we need to um, I know, you know, we've got to be responsible at the moment. But, geez, I tell you what, we, we need to get back out there and get these parks open and get a few things happening. And I honestly believe that, that the caravan parks are going to be extremely popular once we get through this, once we're allowed back out again – I think domestic tourism is going to take off and I think the caravan parks will have a huge role to play uh, in all of that. That's it. Well, I think it'll be very much to start with. I mean, this is just my prediction and I don't know anything, but I, I believe it'll be intrastate travel to start with. Mm. So there'll be sort of no crossing of borders for a little bit 
and then it'll open up across borders and we can go for it. But, you know, like the grandkids haven't seen Nan and Pop for weeks and weeks and weeks and it'll be months before it happens. Get on and go, you know what, November, we're going to all get together and we're going to have a week or a weekend. We're going to go and explore the Great Ocean Road and we're going to show the kids, reconnect everybody, get everybody back together again and just have a wonderful time. And, you know, everybody's got really flexible bookings at the moment. Top Park, we've actually reopened our online bookings. So there is like a COVID form that you have to fill out before you make the booking. But get on, make your bookings for November, February next year. Go Mm -hmm. for it. You know, give the parks a reason to get up each morning and go, you know what, we're going to be okay. We are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And our CEO um, in our Zoom meeting today actually used some perfect words and he said we had the the chaos at the start where everybody was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? What are we going to do? And now we've entered into like the dream state where we need to dream about what we're going to do next mm. and how we're going to do it. And I think, you know, everybody, I've had so many phone calls because um, I've got the office phone now as well. So many phone calls from people going, hey, we love our top parks. What can we do to help? Mm. Um, and, you know, there's all sorts of things. You know, we've sold more gift vouchers in the last sort of six weeks than we probably have in the 12 months prior because people are going, well, I can't actually book a holiday because I don't know when it's going to happen. The gift vouchers last for three years. Is that so right? Still, yeah, so they last mm. for three years. So you can go on, buy your $100 gift voucher and still feel like you're contributing to the industry, keeping it all alive, and then be able to go out and spend your $100 and when it's all over. Yeah, it's, um, it's incredible, and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah. I, I really do because these, what, what a, lot, a lot of people need to understand is a lot of these caravan parks are small business owners and they're currently disclosed. It's they just, are, it's amazing. Yeah, we've, it really we've is. We've got quite a few that are closed and um, that it's, it's sad. And Easter is way busier than Christmas in the mm. fact, you know, there's probably the same amount of people. But everybody knows when you've got three weeks of your Christmas holiday, you spread it out. You might do a little bit of this today and a little bit tomorrow and you might do nothing the next day. When you've got Easter in four days, you are jam-packed. Everything has to be done in that four days. So the parks are absolutely pumping. Mm. And there's kids everywhere and there's stuff going on. And then in the in the parks that don't cater for the kids so much, you know, there's people sitting around having afternoon drinks and getting together. Mm. So you've got to jam it in. But they've missed Christmas, especially, as you said, like the South Coast Parks have missed all their Christmas and now all their Easter yes. revenue as well. Yeah, and it's a very long time till the long weekend in October. Yeah, that's exactly right. And hopefully we'll be back into it by then. Uh, you'd, yeah. like, you'd like to think so. The one thing, before I let you go, the thing with caravan parks for me is that the minute you pull up and set up, you feel like you're on holiday straight away. Yeah. And, and that's the whole, that's how it's supposed to be. It's mm. not about, you know, oh, making sure everything's unpacked and folded into the drawers and hung up in the cupboard. Yeah. It's the second you're done, you're out. Mm. You're outside and doing things. And we've all spent way too much time inside and on computers and kids on iPads and in front of screens and listening to teachers talk through, you know, screens. The kids just need to get back outside and it's a perfect opportunity for grandparents to reconnect. Yeah, absolutely, and for families as well, so for later on. Okay, so if people want to get on and check out all the parks around Australia, give us that website. Topparks.com.au. Yep, and the G'day Rewards Program's still going. There's plenty of benefits benefits come with that. 
I can't even believe I forgot that. So, G'day Rewards, as that's you good. know. That's why got, I'm here, Michelle. That's why I'm here. I know. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> so, you've got, so we've got all the benefits that all, that's always happened. The other thing that we've done is we've put G'day Rewards memberships on hold. So nobody's burning up time in their two years while all this craziness is going on. Yeah, right. Okay, so we've yeah. put them on hold. Um, they're, they're on hold now and we won't release them off hold. So you can still use it. You can still use all your benefits, but you're not going to lose three or four months out of your membership that you haven't been able to use it in a park. Yeah, no, good stuff. So we'll uh, add yeah. that time on the end. Yeah, yeah, no, that, and how good is that? And that's what that's what you it's what you come to expect from from uh, from the people at Top Parks because they do do a great job and certainly do look after the Aussie road traveller and holiday goer. That is no yeah, doubt about that. Yeah, that's it. We love everybody like that. It's, just yep. who we are. Yeah, no, I know. Well, I know the experiences I've had personally, and it's not just because of this podcast. It's because I've done it. I've, I mean, the people at Austin um, Caravan Park up there in in Tamworth, I mean, they couldn't have been more hospitable. Just unbelievable, friendly people while I was there, and and um, and everyone was a wrap on it. And there were people booking their sites on the way out for next year. So I mean, there's that in itself tells you um, what sort of a what sort of a caravan park that one is when people are not leaving until they book their site for the following year. So um, That's it. Yeah. If you don't want to miss out, you want to get in and make sure that it all happens. And and I think, you know, as you said, like the, the team at Austin and the team at Kings Point, they mm. are they just show who our parks are. And, mm. you know, they couldn't make you feel more welcome or treat you better if you tried. Yep. They're amazing. All right, Michelle. Well, thank you very much for being a part of this. And it's our first, no, thank edi- you. first edition of Road Trips Australia. And it is all about those, uh, and it will be all about those famous road trips. Obviously, the one we did uh, on our first edition, the Great Ocean Road. It's a pretty obvious one, so we thought we'll get that out of the way. But there'll be some that aren't as obvious. But no matter where you go, you'll find a Top Parks Caravan Park. Along the way or at the destination and we want to tell people all about those places and encourage them to go in and stay there and not only enjoy themselves at the caravan park and enjoy the hospitality that you get from Top Parks, but whilst you're there, you're actually supporting small businesses as well. That's it. Good Thanks on you. so much, Jack. Good on you, Michelle. Go and have a drink now. Have a wine. Go and open a bottle. Bye. I might do that. <laughs> I'm sure you will. You don't, <laughs> yeah. need, you don't need me to tell you. All right, Michelle. No. We'll, we'll, Thanks, we'll, we will chat next week. Don't forget, you can check out that website, topparks.com.au, and they certainly are a fantastic um, caravan park chain, Top Park. Great people uh, providing a great service as well. Well, that is our first edition of Road Trips Australia. I hope you've uh, tuned in for all of that. And uh, if you want to email us and put uh, some of those places, um, some road trips of your own, you want to give us some suggestions, we're more than happy to uh, to take them as well and uh, and certainly do um, look forward to hearing from you. Bluecollarmedia.com.au, click on contact. That is the way to do that. And uh, bluecollarmedia.com.au. You can also follow us up on Facebook as well. Just go to the Duck at the Duck Adventures uh, there on Facebook and um, and keep up to date with what's going on. The Duck at the Duck Adventures on Facebook. While you're at it, go on the Top Parks Facebook page as well. They've still got a bit of action on there, even though the parks are closed. But that is our first edition of Road Trips Australia. We do certainly do thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back to do it all again next week. Until then. Stay safe, stay home at the moment. As soon as you can get out, go and do a road trip. We'll see you out there somewhere.
south, east, west, on the road with no address. When you're out on highway number one, 